0: Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, how real-time tighter measurement and monitoring is advancing bioproduction across multiple applications. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Today's podcast is a panel discussion featuring experts in the field of bioproduction, specifically antibody process development and manufacturing. I'd like to welcome each of our panel members and ask them to introduce themselves.
1: Laura, would you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Laura Media. And I am working as a consultant in the bioprocess industry today. I've been in this industry for a number of years, working for large players within bioprocessing and life sciences, JT Baker, Mettler Toledo, Bradley James. And that's the experience I'm bringing to our conversation today. Thank
2: you. Dave? My name is Dave Sloan. I am the Vice President of Product Management and Applications at Redshift Bio. In my role at Redshift, I oversee the product management and the marketing group, and I also oversee the scientific collaborations that we do, as well as the customer training and customer interactions.
3: Thank you. Alan. Hello, my name is Alan Opper. I am the um, director of Halcon sales for Redshift Bio. I've been doing this for approximately five months with this company. And, uh, of course, I'm responsible for bringing sales throughout the um, U.S. and globally for the Halcon And I've been in the industry for quite some time. I've uh, worked for very small companies such as my own where I was a distributor for about 15 years, all the way up through Thermo Fisher Scientific. So I've run the whole gamut of the industry specifically for bioproduction.
4: And Carrie. Hi, yes, I'm Carrie Mason. I lead up the PAT and automation team for Lonza's R&D biologics organization. So, my team is focused on evaluating PAT and automation for our manufacturing environments and our development labs. My experience historically has been separation science and developing processes. So, came out as an end user for this uh, type of technology and then also looking at where this technology is going and how an end user can use this technology.
0: I'd like to start today by asking Could you please talk a little bit about where the industry is at with expectations for tighter and what are current best practices for measuring tighter? And Laura, I'd love it if you could take this question first.
1: Thanks. Probably take it as two separate pieces. So the first part is as you talk about where the industry is going and some of the expectations regarding tighter, over the years, what we've seen is just a need for increased tighter within the upstream development of a drug, manufacturing of a drug. So we've gone from, in the 80s, titers were closer to 0.2 to 0.5 grams per liter. As you get into the early 2000s or so, the concentrations or the titers of the production within the tank has gone up to like three to five grams per liter. And what we see today is they continue to increase. So you see that the measurement range that you need for that industry has just gone higher and higher over the years. So it makes it a challenge to make sure you've got techniques that can measure that. Uh, You want to be able to measure it over the, the range of the concentration and minimize dilutions and things that can introduce errors. The other thing that we've seen within the industry is just a need for more data, not only just to understand what's happening in the tank, but to be able to make those decisions on the product as the process is running or even afterwards. So they really want to get more and more data to understand what's happening and what you're manufacturing within the tank. And then the third thing to touch on is people and resources either, uh, especially it's been exacerbated with COVID, but finding people to work within this industry, keeping people within the industry, and just overall, there's fewer people within a production suite or, or available to work. And so what that's done is really helped to drive the need for online monitoring, remote monitoring, automation, really just to make it easier to get the measurements that you need so that you can get the most out of the people that are actually working within the facility. I'll hand it over to Dave and he can talk about what he's seeing in the industry and then we can talk about measuring tighter itself.
2: Thanks, Laura. Just to kind of jump in on your comment of workers and turnover and things like that, one of the things that we constantly hear from the customers we're working with is that training is such a burden and training new employees can really be a challenge and be a very time-intensive process so technologies that are easier technologies that are more user-friendly and require less expertise really help with getting people up and running and help with uh, minimizing errors amongst new people or new new users to a technology Uh, also just to add on with regard to the data perspective a lot of people are still doing retrospective analyses. And retrospective analyses can really be a challenge because you aren't able to react in real time. You aren't able to respond to what you're seeing. You're not able to understand while the experiment is going on, what might be the best processes, what might be the best interventions that you have to do to get the best titer, to get the best concentration, to get the best product out the door.
1: So as we kind of lead on to that, the current best practices for measuring titer I don't think anybody's going to argue that HPLC is the gold standard. They've been using HPLC to measure tighter since I've been around, (laughs) since the industry has been around. But there are some challenges for that. One, as we talked about, you know, training and getting people up and running, HPLC requires a highly skilled person to do that. So there is a challenge and there's a need for something that is simple and easy to use when it comes to measuring tighter. Nothing's going to replace it. You still need HPLC results for approval and decisions at the end for Outside of the manufacturing suite, but to be able to monitor tighter throughout the process is really important. And some of the techniques that are coming on today are still batch processes because that's what they're set up. But again, it still becomes this retrospective view of the product and not measuring tighter real time. Again, if you can measure it while it's in the tank, you can do something to affect the results and affect the quality of what's in there. The other thing that's going to drive that is continuous processing too, because again, you need to be able to measure things in real time. And I think that's also going to help move the industry one way or another.
2: Couldn't agree more.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And just
0: wanted to go back and follow up with a couple of the things that you mentioned. Specifically, you talked a little bit about some of the challenges. Could you talk a little bit more about kind of what are the challenges associated with the way that titer is measured today? And then what can we do as an industry to improve on that?
1: One of the challenges is most of the assays that are out there today are batch processes. So that also lends itself to being it retrospectively. So what that means is it doesn't make sense to do one or two or to be able to do a few tests throughout the process. That's also why people save it to the end, to be able to run a batch, to make it more cost-effective. You run everything as a plate assay and you don't want to waste that. It's also typically a long time to result. You're going to put a batch of analyses onto the instrument and you need to wait to the end to get them all done. So again, the the systems today are more for that batch process and not really set up for inline measurement. Unless you are lucky enough to be able to have an HPLC that's dedicated to that tank so you can just walk up and take a measurement at any time, you're going to be stuck with more of a batch process. The other challenge is just speed and accuracy. Many of the other techniques that are offline today are also longer assays. Because they're running as a batch, you have to wait for the entire batch. So there's a long time to first result, but then the results come quickly afterwards. So it's going to be important to look at how long does it take to actually get the result to be able to monitor for tighter within the tank. And so that's where with the Halcon or having the system that you can move online and just do a simple one or two injections to be able to get the concentration is a really nice thing to be able to move measurements online, to move the tighter closer to the tank. And it's very simple and easy to use. I'll let Dave talk more about the Halcon itself.
2: Yeah, thanks. To jump off of one of the comments, mm-hmm. Laura, you made in the first question about the uh, dynamic range or the required mm-hmm. dynamic range. One of the challenges with some technologies is they just don't have the dynamic range that's required to cover from the low concentrations you see earlier in the tank to those high concentrations that you're getting later on or at the end of the production, or at the at the end of the run itself. So if you have a technology like Halcon that you mentioned that is able to go from the low concentrations of the 0.1 grams per liter all the way up to the higher concentrations of 8, 9, 10 grams per liter without needing to do any sort of dilutions or serial dilutions. Mm-hmm. From from my perspective, what it really comes down to is accuracy. We'll all be honest. Accuracy really is how well does it agree with HPLC. HPLC mm-hmm. is the gold standard, and how well do the newer technologies agree with HPLC? And do you have the dynamic range that's required to be able to cover the whole concentration range without needing to do multiple dilutions? As soon as you start bringing dilutions into the equation. You're increasing your chance of error. You're increasing your variability, uh, sample to sample, run to run, user to user. Mm -hmm. If you have a technique that is really easy to use and very user-friendly and even better if it's automated to some extent, you minimize the human aspect of it. You minimize the potential error that the lab analyst brings to the assay, and it does get you a more reliable and reproducible result. And from the perspective of Halcon, which is a fit-for-purpose liquid chromatography system running a protein A column, it does have a very quick time to result with about five minutes from injecting the sample to getting your concentration. And it is as simple as just injecting your sample, sitting back and letting the instrument do its thing. There are no Mm -hmm. options. There are no special protocols that you have to load onto it. So it's just, it does its thing and it's quick and easy to get you the results out
1: of it. To tie on that real quick, Because of that batch processing, that's going to keep it from being a measurement that you're going to put beside the tank. It's always going to be an offline or in a separate room versus something that can be a one-off. You can now move that closer to the tank to get more real-time results. Totally agree. Alan, what are you seeing?
3: It's hard to really add to that because I think they hit all the bullet points pretty well. But from what I'm seeing as far as the challenges, there are three main challenges which are pretty much very well covered with uh, Laura and Dave, but the three main challenges I typically see is the instruments out there with the exception of HPLC are not fit for purpose. Even HPLC is not. So they're not fit for purpose instruments. They're used for a lot of different things. For example, there are some instruments that can only measure titer after it's purified, not prior to purification or not in the upstream lab. There are other instruments that do a lot. They might do dozens of metabolites And they can measure tighter. However, they're using methods such as turbidity, which is not so accurate throughout the whole entire production run. They could typically be anywhere from 10 to 30% off the expected value of what you're looking for. Secondly is retrospective analysis. I think they covered that really well. But why are we doing retrospective analysis? Why are people pooling samples at the end of the run to send it to an analytical lab? Well, it's because the current methods Besides HPLC, which takes a long time, are not overly accurate. They don't trust the results. They don't trust making process control decisions based on the results. So, therefore, that's where the retrospective analysis fits in. And then, lastly, when you get into HPLC, it's a wonderful method. As um, I believe Lauren said, it's the golden standard of any type of measurement. But the problem with using HPLC, is because of the complexity, it's oftentimes in a separate analytical lab, which can take, depending on the company, depending on whether it's production or development, can take anywhere from hours to days, and I've even heard weeks, to obtain the results. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is it's very complex or very complicated to use HPLC. So you have to be someone that's very well-trained, well-versed, and understands method development for protein titer. Mm-hmm. With the Halcon, it's it's a small instrument. It sits directly in the lab. It takes five minutes. It uses liquid chromatography, protein A, so it's very accurate. And you don't even need to do batch methods of the cells because you could take daily samples and rest assured you're going to know that those are very accurate and reproducible.
1: And Alan, you made a good point about the fit for purpose, and the instruments that have can measure different metabolites or analytes and uh, IGG, The other thing to keep in mind is IgG is typically a longer assay than those metabolite assays. So now the user needs to make a trade-off. Do I do one IgG assay or do I do 10 glucose? So you have to make a decision about how do you optimize your measurements? How do you get to optimize your equipment to get the most from your measurements? So that's where having a fit-for-purpose instrument for titer is going to be a benefit.
3: It's a great point because one thing I've seen out in the field, and I've been doing this on the field for quite a number of years now, is a lot of people will measure tighter with these other devices. And I asked them, why are you batching the samples after that to send to an analytical lab and waiting for the results? And they said, because they don't trust the results of their daily measurements. So I find that kind of interesting point of view.
0: Thanks so much for sharing those great examples and uh, you know, kind of where we're at right now, current challenges, and then also opportunities for improvement. Carrie, I'd like to ask you, um, because you've you've used the Halcon, what benefits can be gained from real-time, tighter measurement approach?
4: Well, first, I want to start on uh, looking at the development laboratory, right? So in the development laboratory, the conversation's already touched on the fact that a lot of times you'll do a batch study for, uh, say, bioreactors. You're running small-scale bioreactors to optimize a process. At the end of the day, you're taking those samples. You know, your process may run 10 to 12, 15 days. You batch them all together and you send them off and then you get results, right? So one of the exciting aspects of this technology is that seeing that it really simplifies the end use and it allows the bioreactor operator to run a, a test on the Helcon, almost as if it was as easy as injecting any of the other types of methodologies they use for monitoring a bioreactor, you can then get the tighter within the day, right? So now your researcher has an actual snapshot of what's happening. They can start charting that information. They could actually look at what their titer looks like in relation with all of the other bioreactor parameters. That's very powerful because now instead of having to wait until the end when you gather up all your results and see if reactor one was better than reactor two conditions, you can now start understanding what's happening, speed up that time to make a decision on what conditions are the best and even in a perfect world you're using this in order to start making changes in your reactors in order to start tweaking maybe your media feeds or, or other conditions that are going on in order to get optimal titer where in the past you were just extrapolating cell growth as you know best cell growth gave you the best titer but that's not always necessarily what we see in a bioreactor. So in the development lab, this gives a lot of power to the end user that now allows them to see insights in their process and make faster decisions than if they're waiting for a traditional, send them off, get the results and put them in an Excel spreadsheet and see what it looks like. The second area really is what this is going to enable going forward, right? So looking at continuous manufacturing, if we put this into a continuous manufacturing environment, you're not going to have the liberty of waiting for an HPLC result because your process is running continuously. We are going to have to have controls within that process to ensure that we're running within the set points that we want the process to execute in. So with technology like this, with its very short period of time in order to get a result, you can have this sitting next to your continuous process uh, and you can be taking small samples across a day and you can ensure that what you're putting into your downstream process coming out of your continuous upstream process is exactly what you think it is, which this will be a a really nice enabler to ensure very good process control when it comes to continuous manufacturing.
0: That's terrific. Alan, do you have anything to add from your perspective around real-time tighter measurement?
3: Absolutely. Carrie hit it perfectly. Mm -hmm. She's like the perfect uh, end-user customer because... I've been scratching my head wondering why people aren't making process control decisions based on TIDO when, of course, it's their end product. The way it's currently done now is they do it uh, predominantly based on cell viability. So I think some benefits that could be gained is, as Gary mentioned, real time monitoring and real time data can lead to much more accurate process adjustments or real time process adjustments, which will also increase your process understanding. And that'll enable you in the development scheme, anyways to save a tremendous amount of time, resources, and money in bringing the product to market. Then on the flip side, when you get into CGMP production, typically they have to run their bioreactors, they'll they'll close down the bioreactor, and then they take the sample, and then they measure titer. And based on the titer, they will properly load their columns. Mm -hmm. Because of course, it's very important to properly load your columns because protein A, of course, can be quite expensive. So with the Halcon, you can literally take a sample in real time and load your column immediately, and that can save you hours or even a production shift, for example, uh, which can save a tremendous amount of time because every hour lost in a production environment is quite costly.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what I can add to both of them. They've really covered a lot of the bases. I think the thing to kind of add as far as, as we talk about insights and why people aren't doing real time today, there's measurements that can be taken after you do the protein A column. But to be able to take a measurement while the product is still in the tank, where you can actually influence the yield, where you really want to see what Karen talked about was just understanding what's happening inside that tank to get better insights, to improve both the quality and the concentration of your product. The Halcon is really the only thing that can do it in line and at the tank. The other thing that gives you that specificity is going to be the HPLC or it's going to be an LCMS. but again, that's in a separate lab separate department. And by the time you get the results back, it's not going to be impactful for what you have going on in the tank right now. And then the example that Alan had talked about, where you can take a concentration measurement of the titer while it's in the tank, you can start preparing for downstream faster. I mean, that's a lot of time and money that you can save in the overall scheme of the process. Just turning things quicker is going to save money in the long term.
2: Just add one last final thought. For me, it's really all about changing it from a black box or really a big unknown until the end, until the the retrospective analysis occurs, to data-rich process that you understand what's occurring while it's still going on. There's just so much additional information you can add to your understanding when you are adding titer in along with all the other measurements that you are taking during the run in the bioreactor.
1: And especially as you're doing some development work, it'd be nice to know before you get the end result if you're gonna pass or not. (laughs) You know, if the tank did what you were supposed to do. So if you can measure it in real time while it's in the tank, you'll know right away if you're gonna get the results you want at the end.
0: Those are all really great points. And it is really great to hear from Carrie, who's using the Halcon and the way that she's implementing it. It's really interesting. To go on from that, Halcon represents a paradigm shift in the way that protein titer is measured. I wanted to follow up and see
4: what this does
0: this mean for bioproduction moving forward.
4: Yeah, sure. So if you looked at a lot of the directives that are coming out from regulatory agencies and even a push from, you know, wanting to know more information, it's it's a real-time release, right? So this in my mind is one step towards that pathway, right? All of this is really building up momentum to be able to understand what your process is doing, have much better process control. And those are all items that every regulatory agent wants to see, right? So if we can say that we are taking these steps, even if they're small steps along the way, that we are increasing our process vision, our process knowledge, making much better process decisions, being able to verify that we're running within our our control strategy from the beginning. Is significant, right? And so, in my world of looking at PAT and automation, this feels a great place to be because it gives us that information. It gives us something we can actually make decisions with. And you can even use this for automation purposes, right? So, you can start looking at, you know, if we're looking at feed streams, this being continuous manufacturing, you could potentially look at this as a way to then collect this data and then use this data in a way to say, okay, time to shift to the next column or time to do another operation with this data. So in the past, we would not have that ability to make these on demand sort of changes to our processing. So I think that this is a key enabler when we talk about what's going to enable us to manufacture in the future. I see this as being a real strong partner for driving a lot of that forward and giving us the tools we need in order to make our products for our patients in a much more controlled manner.
1: And I'll comment as far as the paradigm shift more from equipment that's available on the market. Again, because HPLC was the gold standard, everybody looked at ways of kind of, I'll say cramming that into the manufacturing suite. And you still haven't simplified it and you still haven't made it easier to use and it's still not smaller and compact and uh, not easy to send data real time to get that integrated into the system. So historically, Helcon is is unique because now you can put the real-time, the tighter measurement inside the manufacturing suite, or you can put the measurement in the hands of the people that are manufacturing the product and not requiring to send it out to QC. So that's a huge shift in how the process works and where the equipment goes within the, the traditional workflow. And that opens up to a lot of opportunities that Carrie had talked about as well. I think the other thing to add is that with the Halcon, now titer can be a a data point that you monitor just like pH and DO. And so again, we've talked about this before, that kind of gives you the better picture of where everything's happening. uh, Because you're measuring the titer and the cell concentration at the time it's being made, not after it's been frozen for a few days and then analyzed. So it's really a much better snapshot of what's happening in the tank.
0: I want to go back to something that we talked about a little bit earlier um, in terms of HPLC being the gold standard. Dave, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about how Con compares to HPLC in
2: terms of both results, but also in conducting the testing. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. And I'll separate into two answers. The first part of the question really revolves around data and how does the data compare? We get this question a lot from customers that we're working with. And we also get customers who present us with samples that they'd like to test on the Helcon, and they already have HPLC data for those samples. So we get to do a head-to-head analysis quite regularly. And the Helcon compares really favorably with HPLC. We see very similar absolute concentrations. It's not just about trends. It's not just about the trends going in the same direction. We see very good agreement between the concentration numbers, the gram per liter numbers that Halcon is reporting. They agree very well with the concentrations people have gotten from offline HPLC analyses that were done in their bioanalytical core facility. We presented some of the data back to the bioanalytical core itself, and they are always overwhelmed in a happy way that Halcon agrees so well with their HPLC results because in many cases, the bioanalytical core is also extraordinarily happy not to have to run tighter samples, not to have to be presented with stat titers that need to be done so they drop everything else. Halcon agrees really well from a data perspective. We get really good repeatability and reliability when compared to HPLC. As far as conducting the test, it's actually a different story. HPLC is complicated. HPLC requires some expertise. It requires a lot of setup. It requires buffers to be prepared for it. Hellcon couldn't be farther from that scenario. Hellcon is super straightforward to run. The system comes with a set of buffers, so there's nothing for the end user to prepare. The buffers are there. The buffers are ready. The buffers are optimized for doing that one purpose that Hellcon has, for measuring antibody titers, for measuring titers from a bioreactor the like the protein A column, it's loaded on the system. It's always on the system. It's always ready to run. When you get a sample, it is as simple as inject that sample and get your concentration about five minutes later. There is not setups. There are not controls. There are not a lot of steps you've got to run before you can start making your measurements. It's the best of both worlds. It gives you high quality data and it gives you unbeatable ease of use. I was kind of curious, Carrie. What, what do you think being an end user on the system? What are your thoughts on Halcon and HPLC?
4: So looking at PAT and automation, one of the most challenges that I face is trying to use a different methodology for a test, right? So if people are very comfortable with doing one methodology for their test, uh, you know that's what they file, that's what they understand, that's what their process is characterized on. So if I was to say, I would like to introduce a spectroscopic method... For modeling your titer in a process, sometimes we get a little bit more pushback, right? Because now there's a lot more work that has to be put into validating that system, verifying it, saying that it's doing what it's doing. Am I truly measuring what I say I'm measuring? Uh, And what really attracted me to this technology is the fact that it's like for like, right? So I can look at this and say, hey, it's a miniaturized protein A HPLC assay, right? And that's exactly what it is. So the modality is the same. So what's great about that is I don't have to prove that this is some type of other technology that is a new novel way of measuring, because in essence, really, this isn't a new novel way of measuring. It's measuring the same way, affinity, you know, chromatography happening with, you know, detection very similar to what we do on our HPLC. But what's the finesse with this is the fact that it's been so focused that it's so purpose built in order to do this one process that it takes all the complexity out of it. So they're really, it's the same methodology. Um, So for me, being able to share that with colleagues, share that with customers, it's a lot easier to say, yes, it looks different, but fundamentally the science is the same. So for me, that was a great advantage of this technology. And again, to talk about ease of use, that's exactly it. If you look at beyond just the batching, but if you go into having to do sample handling and sample analysis, you're really relying on human in order to look at that information, to do those manipulations. So really what I want to do with PAT and automation is looking at ways to remove the human error, remove the human deviations that can happen from our processes and control as much as we can in a manner that is uh, more reproducible, more robust. And so one aspect of this technology is the fact that the dynamic range is such that you don't have to do dilutions, which is extremely powerful to be able to just take a sample and, and inject it instead of having to do a dilution. Not only saves time, but also saves potential error. So that is significant. That's great to hear. I'm so happy to hear that.
2: Alan, did you want to add anything onto that since you've
3: been doing this for a long time? I think you handled the questions really well and answered pretty much everything I had to say. Just to reiterate what you said, I guess, is we are utilizing HPLC. As Carrie mentioned, it's it's protein A. It's basically a miniaturized, dumbed-down version of HPLC. and We're measuring it the same way as the gold standard in the industry. It's not a different technology. It does all that. However, without all of the additional method development preparation and training that is typically needed with HPLC. So therefore, you can get the same quality results of HPLC, however, without having to wait for an analytical lab to free up time and resources to be able to get those results. That's all
0: really great information and really good comparison for HPLC versus Halcon. I wanted to talk a bit more about how the Halcon actually can fit into a traditional bioprocess workflow.
1: Laura, could you start us off on that one? Yeah, as we talked about, uh, the Halcon is based on chromatography, so it will correlate directly to HPLC data that's already been generated, and we know that it'll align, align with results within the QC lab. The way it fits is that it's because it is small and compact, it can fit on any benchtop very easily. It comes self-contained with the consumables, the reagents and columns that you need. So it has a very small footprint, simple interface, and can connect up right beside your bioreactors or on a bench space. I mean, it's small enough to fit in any location. And the way it fits within the traditional workflow is you could just put it beside the tank. It's set up and ready to go. And as uh, David had mentioned, anytime you want to check what the titer is within the tank, you just load on a small sample, five minutes later, you will have the result. So it's really easy to... The, the nice thing is you can take a sample at any time. The other part is it's so simple and easy to use. You don't need the skills required that you would for an HPLC. Anybody can get a result. Usually, it's probably the newest person in the lab. <laughs> is the one that gets to, to work with the product. And so they can get results very simply and easily because it's there's no dilutions. So it's going to minimize the opportunity for human error to come into it. It's simple and easy to use, so it really doesn't require much in the way of training. People are already utilizes the same techniques and technology that they're doing today. And so it can fit in very quickly, just easy to run, get people running, and then just put, placed anywhere within your workflow.
3: Just to add to what Laura said, the big thing is, is you're able to make process control decisions based on tighter or cell productivity which is important, along with just simply cell viability. You're able to do that in real time. Be able to make those decisions in real time. And with that, it follows you know PAT quite well for measuring more process variables. So typically in a current workflow of a laboratory, they either take daily samples and they measure it, but they don't really believe or agree with the results. So it's more of a trend. It's more of a thumbs up, thumbs down that it's trending okay, because the inaccuracies are quite great, or they just don't even do it at all. And they wait till the end of the run where they pull the samples. So either way, they typically pull the samples at the end of the run because they don't either trust their results or they don't have the results. They send it to an analytical lab. They measure it on HPLC, and it'll take hours to days or even weeks in some cases to obtain their results. With this instrument, the proposed workflow is that you could actually take daily samples and know that with these samples, you're getting accurate real-time results. We can make process control decisions based on titer, based on your product but based on your cell productivity. And there's no need, if you're having daily, very reliable, very accurate results, then there's really no need to pool all your samples at the end of the run and wait days for the analytical lab to get back to you with those results. The flip side of that, again, in the CMP, GMP environment is you don't need to, you know, typical workflow is you run your bioproduction run, you uh, sample your samples at the end of the run, You obtain your measurements, and then you load your chromatography column. In this case, you get your results immediately, you load your column immediately, and you save very, very valuable time and effort in actually being able to move on with your process and not lose any time because, of course, in a CGMP environment, time is a lot of money.
0: Another question that I think is important that goes along with workflow is, is the Halcon compatible with automated sampling systems? And then how do you see it fitting into
2: HAT initiatives? Dave, I think if you could... Yeah, that's the question. That'd be great. Yes. In a short answer, yes. helcon is compatible with automated sampling systems. Helcon does work with online systems such as the MAST system, as well as the SegFlow from Flonamix. For groups that hook it up to an online sampling system, they are able to, in an automated fashion, grab samples from the bioreactor. Those samples are pushed directly to Halcon. It triggers Halcon to take the measurement. Halcon then records that measurement, makes it available for um, LIMS systems, online notebooks, whatever data management system, whatever automated data collection system the lab might have for collecting all of that data, collating all that data, and making all of that available in real time to the development scientists, to the manufacturing scientists, who are charting and monitoring everything that's occurring. From a PAT perspective, for me, PAT is all about data. It's all about more data. It's all about utilizing the analytical tools that are available to generate the data that's required to generate a high-quality product, a high-yield product, as quickly and easily as possible. PAT is really about putting an analytical power into the hands of the scientists. So they can ensure processes are going smoothly, processes are going to result in the product that they need, in the drug that they need, in the drug that the patients need in a clean and safe manner. Carrie, did you want to respond to that?
4: Yeah. So interconnectivity of all these systems is critical, right? So for me, looking at PAT tools, giving another lab bench tool to an operator has its value, but where I really see the most value is if I can say this can be integrated into our entire ecosystem, right? So not only are we looking at integrating and liquid handling for samples coming in, but then also the integration of the data coming out, right? We, we don't want to have another source of paper. So with devices like this, it is so critical for us to be moving forward and doing it right the first time and connecting the system so that it can put the data into our distributed control systems or our electronic things like that. And so that, that's very critical for new PAT tools that when we're starting from the beginning, ensuring that we can meet those requirements. And far from what I've seen, technology is going in that direction and, and has shown uh, what it can do when it comes to being connected with with liquid handling systems for automated sampling. So that is extremely critical. Uh, you know, if I was to just say, "Here's one more tool," I, I don't I don't think that it would be as well received as then if I say, "Hey, this fits into our ecosystem; ha- has a lot more power."
0: I wanted to just close today. This has been such an interesting discussion, and I really appreciate all this insight into the evolution of tighter management and where we're going and where we need to be. And I just wanted to kind of close by asking what you find or what your customers find most exciting after using the Halcon. Alan, I'll go ahead and start with you. And then, Carrie, I'd love to hear what you have to say as well.
3: I think what customers really like about the Halcon or what I'm seeing out there in the industry is that it's fast, it's accurate, and it's very easy to use compared to other methods. They also like the fact that it uses the same protein A. Liquid chromatography method that is used within HPLC. So, as Carrie mentioned, you don't have to reinvent the wheel trying to validate another type of technology. However, the difference between this and typical HPLC is that it's without having to do all the method development, the preparatory work needed, or even specialized training. That's no longer needed with the system. And as Dave mentioned, a lot of customers or most customers send their samples to analytical labs. Where they have to run for for you know the stat samples to be run. In this case, even the analytical labs are excited because it will free up their time and uh, allow them to do other things that are more important to them. Uh, also, with the system as we've discussed, there's no sample dilution really needed or purified samples needed with this instrument. So because it runs through a range of from a range of 0.1 to 10 grams per liter, that's quite dynamic. That's quite a wide range. Uh, we don't need to have any human intervention. I'd say lastly, it eliminates reliance on other labs, but also allows you to make critical decisions sooner, which will ultimately save a lot of time and money uh, for the customer or the company itself. The other nice thing that I don't think we talked about uh, too much is you don't need frequent recalibration with this system. It's very, very infrequent when you need to recalibrate the system uh, to be able to do your measurements for a specific molecule.
0: And Carrie, what has most excited you? Well,
4: what I like about it is the fact that it is equivalent to an HPLC method. So in a company where you have various groups all over the world that are all trying to measure tighter, uh, for me to be able to say, yes, this is a slightly different system, but I get a comparable result, right? So it's critical, especially if you look at facilities that are going from small-scale R&D through the development process, scale-up, clinical and commercial we want to know that we're basing our decisions and we're making our, our process control um, agreed, uh, strategies based on data that is equivalent. We don't want to say that there's something different between one facility, one one assay, uh, and the other. So by being able to have that equivalency across uh, between HPLC and, and this uh, system is, is very critical because it, it allows us to then implement it in a controlled manner to bring it in and to have that confidence that this uh, system will provide the results that we need. And again, just the, the rapid rapid ability to see what's going on, right? So customers and, and even development scientists, that is critical is to be able to have that rapid information, to be able to have the ability to um, intervene or, or to make a process decision where in the past, you kind of left up to the devices of letting the process run, right? So there, there's a lot of value to that. And it also, it speeds up our development processes, right? So if we can be doing these uh, real time you know, within the day and, and have that information and, and be comfortable with the data that's coming out, it allows us to speed up our, our development iterations and, and be able to go through that process so much quicker, which in the end ultimately gets product to the market quicker.
0: That's terrific. And thanks everyone so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your expertise on tighter management and measurement. This panel discussion was recorded as part of the ebook, Monoclonal Antibody Manufacturing Trends, Challenges, and Analytical Solutions to Eliminate Bioprocessing Bottlenecks. To download a copy of this ebook, please visit the show notes for this podcast, and there will be a link where you can download the full ebook. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To listen to other podcasts related to the discovery, development, and manufacture of biologics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com and for downstream process topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.